You know, in the Bible, it's recorded that because Adam and Eve were perfect, living in the Garden of Eden, they could have lived forever. They would have been immortal. So when they left, or were forced to leave Eden, as it's recorded, they lost that, and yet still lived to, what is it, 800 years old plus whatever. And then after them, the oldest recorded one, I believe, is a guy called Methuselah, who lived to almost a thousand years old. Then came the flood. Then after the flood, that lifespan drastically reduced to about 80 or 90 years old. So why was that? Well, apparently that's because of the degradation of our perfection, if you believe what it says in the Bible. Later on, in the time of Jesus, his message was, you could have eternal life, not immortal life, you could have eternal life. Yeah, and that's possible if you followed him and believed in his teachings and things like that. And also in the book of Revelation, it talks about living forever, you know, in a paradise. There is a difference between immortality and eternal in the sense of, if you're immortal, you don't die. You can't be killed. You know, it's as simple as that. You're not destroyed in any way, shape or form, unless the Almighty, the source of all things, actually does it. Eternal life means that as long as you don't have any serious accidents, you would live forever. You would continue living. However, you could be killed. You know, if somebody murders you or something like that, you know, or if you had an accident, a fatal accident, you know, then, then you would die. So that was the, that's the difference mainly between living eternally and immortality. The thing is, though, is immortality really possible for us humans and there is a line of thought that says that we are already living an immortal life and that's what I want to explore in this episode. Hi my name is Jerry Sadler and welcome to the Punk Living Journal, the show that aims to raise awareness about living in a more peaceable, unified, nurturing and cooperative way so that we can avoid our own mass extinction. Well now, as I mentioned, there's a line of thought that says that we are already immortal, we're immortal beings. And this has given perhaps birth to the idea of reincarnation and things like that. And certainly if, if uh, you look into certain ancient texts and so on, there are indications that we are indeed immortal beings or have the ability to become immortal even in a physical sense. If you follow the Gnostic texts uh, they have something along those lines that we came from the gods anyway, we're part of the gods, uh, they created us and they manipulated us through our genes so that we could indeed live for longer lives, have immortality and so on. Or they did experiments with us and all kinds of things like that. I've been watching a lot of uh, stuff recently on Gaia. Gaia is, is a, a channel, like a TV channel if you like, through the internet. It has a lot of these films about consciousness 
and meditation and yoga and things like that but it delves into things like ancient history and it gives a different view of bible texts as well as other religious uh, beliefs and so on um, it's really quite interesting. Now, I look at all these things because it gives you food for thought. I don't just take one side of the story. I like to have more sides to the story and then make up my own mind. So, are we capable of living well, as immortal beings in a physical sense? Well, certainly the scientists have wondered for well, decades, if not longer, why we do die because our cells regenerate all the time and we are walking communities of cells we have something like 70 trillion cells within our bodies and each one of those cells is a community in itself and it regenerates at least once a year something like that we have a completely new body because of old cells that have passed on died if you like flaked away and have been replaced by other cells you know, ones that have been recreated as, as each cell replicates itself and so on. That certainly seems to be the case that, given that, we should be able to, in a physical sense, carry on living forever and not die at 80, 90, 100, whatever it is, years old. I think the oldest person on record so far could be wrong, but uh, recently died was 146. And that's some age for this day and age. However, when you look at the photos and things, they are quite old and wizened, as they say. They don't exactly look the full bill of health. And I would, would have thought that immortality, you know, I would rather be physically fit and able to do things more or less as I am now, if not better, rather than be, you know, having to have support walking around or in wheelchairs and things like that and be prone to all kinds of illnesses. So maybe there is something within our genetic makeup that stops us from uh, gaining that immortality, staying fit and healthy all the time. And more recently, I think 80s, 90s, perhaps a little bit later, the scientists, biology scientists, discover telomeres, which are like little hairs which grow on the ends of our, is it our DNA, something like that, or a DNA chain. And the longer they are, the longer we're going to live. The shorter they are, obviously, the shorter our lifespan, apparently. And they, they've discovered another protein or whatever that can help to regenerate those telomeres. And it was a big thing. It was a few years ago. It was a big thing, especially in the, the health and beauty world. You had all these anti-aging creams and things like that. And that was based on that. However, that seemed to be a bit short-lived. You don't hear so much about that these days. Although collagen and so on, apparently, is very good for the skin. So I've been told. <laughs> it stops the wrinkles. So, what's this line of thought then that I mentioned earlier on where we could have, already have, immortality, that we are actually immortal beings already? Well, there is a line of thought that because, as I mentioned before, we, are, we have got... 70 trillion cells in our bodies and each one of those cells is a community in itself as I mentioned but also each one of those cells generates electricity and electricity is energy so we are in fact walking communities 
of electricity or energy. We are energy beings. And the reason why we're physical is because we're vibrating at a lower frequency, which then is more visible to our naked eye. The higher the vibration, the less visible something is. As an example, electricity, air, and other elements that we can't see, we can see the effects they have as they come in contact with, say, more solid or uh, lower frequency objects, but we don't actually see the light, the, the, uh, the, the energy that's being given out. The electricity, you don't see that. You see the result of it, but you don't see it unless it reacts with something. The same with magnetic waves. You don't see the magnetic waves. But you see, when you use a magnet, you see a piece of metal moving or moving towards it or it's sticking to something. So you see, you see the results of it. So the thought is, because we are energy beings, we don't actually die. And we never have done. So all our ancestors, whatever, were actually us in that sense. And we have just replicated their lives or we, we have become a different version of them to have a different experience is another line of thought. So we have somewhere, as part of our higher selves, all the memories of those times. And not only our past, but our future, because it would mean that we already exist in the future as well. And this brings me on to, I'll just touch on to this, onto manifestation. And that's why they say that if you look into your future through your mind's eye and visualize you actually having something that you want and you firmly believe in it, you give it total belief and you have the feeling that you already have it, it already exists in your life, then it will appear in the life you have now. Because the life we have now is obviously, as they say in mindfulness, that's now, that's happening now, you know, and that's the only moment that we physically have is now. So if we are then energy beings and we have access to our past, we have access to our future, that certainly would mean then, from that perspective, that we are immortal beings. That's not to say that we were one of our ancestors, because another line of thought says, you know, yes, we could be also our ancestors, our own ancestors, but we could also be someone else. We may have chosen another path to experience, to uh, evolve in that way, perhaps through knowledge, to gain experience of a different way of living, and so on. So it is a bit of a conundrum. It's a very complex perspective, if you like. It's a very complex way of looking at things. I'm not sure... You know, if, if I totally get it, but I do like the thought of it, that we are already, you know, energy beings who are living forever anyway. And that's why I say, you know, that, that could, could have given birth to, to beliefs in reincarnation. Because, you know, maybe sometimes those memories that we have as energy beings, as from past lives, have overlapped into the current life. And we have the odd memory... But there is also a belief, uh, within reincarnation, those who believe in reincarnation, they say that you don't remember your past life because you have to live a new life. But then, obviously, the question has always arisen, well, how can you get to that 
certain level where you've got nirvana or whatever it is if you can't remember what you did before and the reason why you've come back as you are another belief within the uh, the gnostic system gnostic g-n-o-s-t-i-c or belief is that the demiurge as they call it and they class the demiurge as, as yahweh jehovah god they class him as being a form of anti-human in the sense of doesn't want us to have the knowledge that they have but there's another being whose name escapes me right now who is represented by the snake uh, she is a female uh, being she wants us and secretly has been given us the knowledge which is why Adam and Eve were kicked out of the Garden of Eden so the story goes but apparently these gods these demons angels not so friendly angels whatever you want to call it experimented with us and within us implanted something that blocks our memory and there's a lot of thought about this I haven't done full research on it I'm still doing that getting right into it but the, the idea is it's preventing us from achieving our past lives, if you like, our memories, so that we could have that full knowledge of how to live with immortality in the way that we live now, sort of in our world, and have all the past knowledge of perhaps how to greatly improve our lives as well, to be more unified and you know, cooperative with each other, live in a more peaceful way. There's another thing about the Tower of Babel, for example, where that was the first time that mankind was unified. And the king at that time, Nimrod, he brought the people together. They all spoke the same language and they were unified. They were cooperative. It was peaceful. Yeah, and there was a lot of empathy around and people were working together, gathering the knowledge to, to help improve the race of humans but the powers that be didn't want that so they destroyed the tower and eventually the, the the languages were confused and that's why you know we end up with all the different languages today and there is research going into the languages of today uh, I think there's a university here in the UK I'm not quite sure where it is but where, where they've been tracing all the all the uh, languages that we have, the hundred and so languages, proper languages that we have here on earth at this moment in time and comparing them to the ancient languages you know, and, and there's a lot of the, the words and so on are the same, they're just maybe spelt slightly differently so there's a lot of comparison between the ancient language or languages and today's modern languages which gives them the idea that at one point we did indeed all speak with just one unifying language. And perhaps that's going to be something else that will come up at some time in our future when we are once again unified as a human race globally and not different nations and uh, countries and, and things like that and fighting against each other and, and being competitive with each other and but working together in a more unified and peaceful way, in a nurturing way, in a cooperative way. 
and that's certainly why I created this podcast show to raise awareness of that and this for me is a very interesting topic but I would like to know how you feel I would like to know your views on this because it'd be interesting to get some kind of discussion going so send me an email jerry at punkliving.com that's j-e-r-r-y at p-u-n-c-l-i-v-i-n-g dot com and let's have a discussion about this let's discuss it a bit further perhaps you've done your own research perhaps you've got other views all are welcome all are welcome so thank you so much for listening now and looking forward to speaking with you again you've been listening to jerry sadler hosting the punk living journal and let's get together once again